Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Latch Mama podcast is a podcast for parents, especially mothers in the trenches of motherhood. Today, we have my favorite guest back. We have Kat joining us. Um, and we are going to talk about um, the mental weight of motherhood and how to share it and how to get through those tough days where you feel like you're doing it all alone. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi. Hi, Melissa. I'm so glad to be here. I love spending time with you. Much for being here. Um, Can you guys, can you uh, introduce yourself to the readers a little bit? Or listeners? Readers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I'm Kat Dillingham. I have been married for 29 years. We just celebrated 29 years in October. Um, I have four children. My oldest is 27, and he's married to a wonderful woman named Christina. My daughter is Bryn at 24, married to a wonderful man, Trevor. And then I have Adam, who's 20, and Ethan, who is 17. Um, I am an uh, instructional leader at an elementary school, part of an admin team. And I have a background in education and counseling. I love mothering. I think it's um, one of the most important things we will do with our lives, invest in our children. Yeah. So we love having Kat here. Um, she gives us a little bit more perspective um, in terms of being in motherhood a little bit longer than Lindy and I have been in motherhood. Um, and just her energy and joy and insights always just bring us so much, I don't know, just perspective and, and knowledge. And it's just great. We always talk about Kat after she leaves. Well, Kat <laughs> would do this or Kat said this. And we just, we laugh. Lindy and I laugh all the time about it. But um, it was really interesting. Kat walked in today and I, we were talking a little bit about what we were going to talk about. And she was like, yeah, we still struggle with that. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, what? This isn't something that the weight of motherhood does not go away when the kids grow up. It does not. It just changes and shifts and morphs. And I think having that kind of long-term perspective is super important in the way of processing where we are today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought this would be a good one. I think it's going to be released after the holidays, but I know for me, the holidays are a time of the year where it all just starts feeling very heavy, Um, especially this year. I feel like every kid under the age of 10 is sick with something, and then you're trying to pull off gifts and gifts for each other and the kids and in-laws and what day are you doing this and that. And um, for me, I feel like I have this like constant list that is just flying around in my head. But it's interesting, though, because this was the first year that um, my husband has started to do Christmas shopping, Mm. which was crazy to me because I don't know, like I think I've always mentioned it before, but it's always been on me. Um, But this year he has started to actually buy stuff for the kids without talking to me first. It is the hottest thing in the entire world. (laughs) I am like, that is the most attractive thing he has done probably in the last five years. Like he came to bed the other night after he put the kids to bed, um, which he does every night. So I'm super lucky for, but uh, he was like, Hey, he's like, I got Caroline this hair chalk. He's like, do you think she has this before? Do you think it'll work in her hair? Oh my gosh. That guy 
could have literally come to bed with champagne and strawberries <laughs> and like given me a massage. The hair chop conversation, hottest thing in yes. the entire world. It's very sexy. It is so sexy yes. when they take stuff off yes. of our plates. Yes. It's so yes. weird to me. I was literally just having a similar conversation with my husband within the last month, like doing the dishes. Uh-huh. So sexy. So sexy. I love it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it is so funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think you came with some great tips. Do you want to talk about your first one? Yeah, I would love to. And just kind of um, to share that um, thinking about thinking about that partnership, thinking about um, working together in different seasons of parenting, really, Mm -hmm. again, having that long term perspective. And so one of the first things I wrote here is ask for what you need. I think sometimes as moms and as women, we Mm -hmm. can become martyrs. And martyring ourselves um, in this space for our families. And I think it's very important to be direct and ask for what we need. So even, you know, thinking about something we talked about prior to getting on is this has been a big struggle for me. All of these um, things that I'm going to share today are things that I am still learning about. And I want to continue to have that learner mindset, that growth mindset throughout my marriage of what it looks like to be in partnership with someone. So part of that partnership is being direct and asking for what I need. So for example, even at Thanksgiving, we hosted Thanksgiving, we had all of our our children and, and extended family and things at our house. And I just asked my husband for some specifics like, I'm gonna ask you to be in charge of the turkey and XYZ items. I'm gonna ask you if you can help me clean the house before everybody comes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't expect people to be mind readers. And I will double down on this forever because I feel like that is one of the largest things that my husband and I have worked on Um, just in the sense of I don't always slow down. I don't always slow down enough to tell him because in my mind, sometimes I get so angry that I even have to tell him yeah. because I'm like, why Why don't you know that the house has to be clean with people yeah. coming over? Or why don't you know that the kid can't wear the stained shirt? Go yeah. go put different clothes on the child, you know, like, <laughs> but it's just so funny because I don't. I don't know. I don't know why they aren't in that same space. I think they're worrying about other things. I don't I think, think so. that they're not worrying about anything. Mm-hmm. I've tried to I've tried to get over that point because I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to come back in my next life as a man. Because <laughs> literally you're sitting over there on the couch on your phone. Please tell me that there's some sort of list running through your brain right now other than when do I poop, shower. You know what I'm saying? Like there has to be something else. Please. That's a really important narrative to meditate on because otherwise I think we could really become very angry people (laughs) and have those simmering resentments that end up exploding. I think men are thinking about completely different things, things that we don't necessarily value. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what he, I mean, and sometimes I'll look at him and I mean, it's only happened a few times in our relationship, but I will say I do it all. And that is the one way to get him angry because he will say, you don't, you know, he says back to me, you don't see what I do. And I think you're right. I think they are worried about other things. I know my husband's always worried about bigger picture money stuff. I'm worried about the day to day. He's worried about what life's going to look like 20 or 30 years down the road when I am like, oh my gosh, I need to know what we're having for dinner tonight. Or like, you know, what's wrong with the kid that's crying right now. But he's thinking about what that kid's going to be doing at 30 years old or something like that. It's just, it's such an interesting thing. Um, but I do think that being super direct has helped our relationship yeah. more than yeah. 
like anything else. I think those tensions of the different focal points, um, they create kind of that messy space of engagement, but they also complement each other. Mm -hmm. And so if we can learn to value our partner's different way of thinking and being and doing, it really adds value to the relationship and for what our children experience, Mm -hmm. different ways of attacking something, thinking about something, uh, dreaming about something, different uh, skill sets, Mm -hmm. With if we can do that without becoming frustrated. Yeah, and I think that... um it's, I always try to remember, especially like now when I know I'm a year out of having a baby and I'm in a completely different mindset than you are like immediately when you have it. But Lindy and I always talk about the fact that you may not have the words, especially in those early days, because you're still trying to figure out who you are yes. after you've had a baby and yes. you don't really know what you need. And it's all so confusing and so overwhelming. Yes. Um, and I think that those are true moments of very, very intense vulnerability. And I don't know if every relationship has those moments. I know I didn't, don't and didn't have those moments with my husband. And Lindy always talks about post-it notes on the mirror because sometimes you're going to have, you're going to realize what you need in the middle of the night, but you might not be able to say it the next morning or something like that. Just trying to figure out how to ask for help. Exactly. And I think those, those little checklists sometimes can, it can seem like, should I be doing a little note here? Should I be doing a little ask for checklist? Mm -hmm. But I think it can be helpful for someone instead of coming at them verbally Mm -hmm. and frequently did you do this? Did you remember this? Did you do this? Having a little mm-hmm. sheet of paper that they can eyeball and see mm-hmm. is very helpful. And I think um, using I statements, like in every relationship, yes. just, you know, explaining how, hey, when you sit on the couch over there and don't help me clean the house, it makes me feel like dumb yes. or like, yes. hi, you know, I'm doing this because I want to feel connected to your parents. They're your parents. You know, yes. can you help me make dinner tonight or something like yes. that? You know, so, yes. I don't know. Just different different ways to communicate so it isn't always, um, I don't know, leaning. I know I sometimes get to the point where by the time I ask for help, I'm in that frustrated, how do you not know that all of these things that are going through my brain Same. right now have to get done? Same. You know? Yes. So I think it's maybe getting ahead of it a little bit. Yes, absolutely. You know? Um, I have started email. I you know we have a long list to go over, but I have started texting my husband like, hey, can can we touch base? Or like if he's out in his office, which is another place um, on the farm or something, hey, I need five minutes to talk about the day. Yes. And in those like five minutes, I can say, I need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. Or what is the plan for this or this? Um, but I don't know. It's just, I, th- I think it all just comes down to just taking a deep breath and slowing down enough to truly have those conversations. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, so what's your next one on the list? So you the came next with the thing is to, to I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the next th- thing is to say thank you. And it kind of goes back into something that you said earlier about like, I feel like my husband should know mm-hmm. XYZ. Sometimes this has been something for me that saying thank you for something that should be taken care of feels like, why should I have to say thank you? Yeah, And it boils down to in every other area of my life, I will say thank you to mm-hmm. someone who does a normal part of their job yep. so that they will feel seen and valued. Yeah, And for some reason, there's something in me that does not want to have to thank my husband. <laughs> and I think that basic phrase, thank you, I saw that. Thank you for doing something that you yeah. always do, but I just saw it today. Yeah. Thank you. I think it means a lot. 
I just laugh because I don't do it enough. And I completely know what you're saying. Like, I literally walk through my entire day thanking people for literally just showing up, for getting out of bed and coming to the warehouse or doing their job. But my husband, when he makes literally a complete breakfast spread every morning for our children, which I completely understand is very atypical, I I should absolutely thank him. I should say, hey, thanks for getting out of bed and, you know, frying up 12 eggs this morning or, you know, thank you. You just don't. Yes. It, it really can lead to where uh, we can feel uh, unappreciated. Someone else, our partner can feel unappreciated, un- undervalued, mm-hmm. underrecognized, because we begin to take things for granted. And yeah. you think about how that can compound taking someone for granted over time, we can really lose that sincere ap- appreciation for them. Do you think it comes from a place of people not saying thank you to us though I mean nobody's saying thank you probably for parenting as, yes I mean, for like my kids oh right? yeah like, as a know? mom yeah it is one of the most underappreciated <laughs> undervalued things in our in our culture yeah quite frankly and I do think it is beautiful to have adult children that come they rise up and bless me like they will Aww. literally rise up and honor me and thank me and speak into me and so some of the work that we're doing now it we, we will reap what we sow. It just takes a lot of time. And I think that can be ways with our partners too, that they may not realize what we have done until mm-hmm. later. And it's important to be who we want to see in the other people in our homes. We want to be a person of gratitude, be a person that recognizes, celebrates, and elevates the other people in our home. Yeah. And we will reap what we've sown yeah. into our family. It's just so funny because you're so right. I do that every day with almost every single person in my life. But I mean, I thank my husband, but I probably don't spend as much time doing mm-hmm. it as I should. Mm-hmm. So, all right, note taken. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the next one on the list? Okay, our next one is to set boundaries. And I think, again, it's kind of that martyr mindset of like, I I feel like I'm doing everything around here. I feel like the weight of this family is on my shoulders. And I think we would be hard pressed to find women who don't feel like that every day. So I think it's important for us to set boundaries on things we are willing to do and things where we can say for today, that's enough is enough. Good enough is good enough. And set a boundary on the things we might be willing to do for that day, the way we might be willing to spend our time. I, I'm tired. I need to take a nap. Spending, setting those boundaries around what that day or that week or that month or that season mm-hmm. might look like and being willing to uh, lift and drop boundaries as needed. Yeah. So my in-laws recently moved close to us um, and we'll go through these phases where we'll have like every Sunday night dinner. And like last Sunday night, I felt great. Um, and I made a great dinner and they came over and it was lovely. And so then this Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, my mother-in-law texted me and she's like, can we bring over dinner? And like, I looked around the house and it was super messy. (laughs) And I was like, not, I just wanted to literally just let my kids be their themselves and not behave and eat wherever they wanted to. And I just was, so I said no. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if 
three or four years ago, I could have mm-hmm. said no. Mm-hmm. But I said, hey, you know what? We really just, we have a couple that are kind of under the weather. It's been a long week. And mm-hmm. I-, I was just sharing my news from last week with you. And all I wanted to do was like sit at the kitchen table and celebrate with them and yes. have that moment. But I also knew that I had six kids and it was just too much and it wasn't how I wanted to feel it. So I said no. Yeah. And it's sometimes really hard. It's very hard. That. I think we, we have to realize when we are using that no, we are saying yes to something else. Yep. So when you were giving that no, you were giving your yes to your family, to mm-hmm. that moment, to be yeah. in the mess, to yeah. be to in just, that those yeah. relationships. And the other thing is by giving that no and saying that to your mother-in-law, you're preserving that relationship because had you said yes, mm-hmm. knowing that you didn't want to say yes, yeah. you would have felt resentful toward her in that space like this is an invasion in our time mm-hmm. why did you have to bring me dinner why yeah. did you have to come <laughs> yeah. over here yeah and and so really setting boundaries preserves us it preserves the other people in our lives yeah. and those relationships yeah it's just it's fascinating it's such a place of growth when you actually arrive there it's huge um, very freeing yeah it's really very really freeing. freeing because you start to learn that those relationships are probably strong and safe enough for you to say no yes. which is like such a beautiful place to come to yes. in those relationships as well and then you're yes. also honoring yourself yes. and, and you know I think important. I think I've realized too over the years that healthy people respect healthy healthy boundaries. Yep. So the people that are going to be pushing back against the boundaries we set, that might be our husband, it might be mm-hmm. our children, it might be someone else in our life that are pushing back. We need to teach people um, how to set boundaries in a healthy way. And people will ultimately respect that if they are healthy. And that mm-hmm. that really, like children were truly teaching them because they don't know. Yep. But they will learn to set boundaries by the boundaries we set with them. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, you know, how your brain can get full of words from talking children. Mm-hmm. It's okay for a mom to say, my, br- my brain right now is full of words. I love you and I want to hear that story. Let's save that for a little bit later so that my brain can take in that story. By setting that boundary, we're teaching our children that they can do it. They're actually watching it and living it out with us Mm -hmm. so that they're better at it Mm -hmm. than we have been. Yeah. And it's such a cool place because like you saying that now, it comes across to me as just fully respectful of the child yes. because that child's story matters to you yes. and you're saying hey you know what right now I can't hear it but it's really really important to me and I yes. really want to hear it yes and that's just such a it's such a cool such a cool thing you yeah. know and it's it's great to be able to be in the way Eric and I have set up our life which I'm starting to realize has a lot of benefits but the kids are homeschooled but it's also really cool because they do get to set their boundaries like yes. well, they do get to say like hey I want to finish drawing this picture because I know it's going to help me focus better with school. Like Love it's it. just these like different things that they're allowed to do and like learn about themselves, Love that they, it. what they need, which is, which is really cool. You're giving them so. agency. You're giving mm-hmm. them that sense of ownership mm-hmm. and control um, over their time and their schedules. And that's an important learned skill. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they'll learn the discipline part too at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Cause that's another important one that they're missing a lot of. So <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what's the next, li- next thing on your the list? The next one is to enlist help. Oh, I love and, this And one. I think this is so important as we're navigating different seasons in, in our families of, again, it's pushing back against that kind of martyr syndrome of, oh my gosh, like I have to do this, I have to do that. I have to, and really um, 
saying to the children, this is what I need you to do. I'm going to ask you to unload the dishes. I'm going to ask you to wipe the counters off. I'm going to ask you to sweep the floor. I'm going to ask you to push, put the laundry in, push some buttons. I'm going to ask my husband to, like right now, my husband and I have a new rhythm that we started in the last couple of years. Um, as my as my work responsibilities have increased, he has picked more of up in the role of some of the um, going to the grocery store and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I will do the Kroger click list and go mm-hmm. through order what we need for our meals. And then he'll go pick it up and, and bring it home and put it away. And and I've learned different ways of like, as, as I've just moved and, and changed in our, um, in my, in my job and had a little bit more income, we hire someone to help us clean our house. Mm-hmm. And so that was a hard shift for me when, when we first started doing that. But I realized as my work responsibilities were increasing, we were spending every Saturday, you know, like a tornado running through the house, clean, clean, clean for like two hours. And that, we're going to enlist help in this way. We're going to ask someone to do this. We're going to pay someone to do that. And again, that's looking at different seasons of life because that's been a more recent season. And um, prior to that, we would have zones of the house where everybody would have a different zone and they'd have certain (laughs) expectations for their zones and they would have to go clean according to kind of mom standards where I would, you know, go around and check everything. But I think that we need to enlist the help of the crew in our house. And I think it's such a cultural thing because I think we've set women, especially mothers up in this culture to feel like asking for help is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And if we like, I was just absolutely thinking about this on the way here is like, I started to grow more as a mother when I was able to learn how to ask for help and yes. like literally lean into my own perfection imperfections yes. and look at things that either necessarily didn't bring me joy or that I wasn't good at or Mm -hmm. I wasn't efficient at or things that were really truly kind of holding me back and see them more as an opportunity Mm -hmm. for success and an Mm -hmm. opportunity to lean into asking asking for help um I don't know like I think that also there's that emotional weight of our kids as well in the sense that they are not perfect. Um, and as soon as we're able to kind of see sometimes their imperfections and see that asking for help. And I mean, I know you probably see this in the school system all the time um, and watching them thrive then under bringing other people into our life to help them, yeah. I think is such a, such a crucial thing yeah. as well. Cause we carry that weight. We carry yeah. that, that constant, am I do, am I enough? Am I doing what I need to do for my kids? Like, do we need to bring in a speech pathologist? Do we need to bring in a reading teacher? Like, do we need to bring these people in to help us in our lives? And honestly, some of the most beautiful relationships I have in my life are people that are there to help me and help my family. And that is such a cool, cool thing. It's, it's kind of like we were talking about before the importance of community, Mm -hmm. the importance of connection, the importance of a team mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, we've, we've had that dialogue a lot in our family as the kids have grown up that we are a team we function Mm -hmm. as a team it's not I have all of these jobs and you do you have no ownership Mm -hmm. or contribution to this team we all have a sense of ownership in this space yeah it's just it's 
It's really, really cool. I think also when you realize that there are people in this world that have other gifts than you do. Yes. And if you can invite those gifts into your life. Yes. The entire family benefits. Yes. Which is so cool. Yes. That is actually one of the next points that I had had thought about was operating in your areas of strength. Yeah, I love that. In your areas of giftedness so that as you're looking at how to split things with your partner, it is we can kind of get into even traditional or stereotypical breakdowns of who does what around Mm -hmm. here, but it really should come from a place of who is strong and gifted in this area. So my husband makes the decisions about like, if something's wrong with the car, I don't know anything about it. (laughs) So he's going to have to figure out if that's something that we need or not. I'm I'm gifted in how we're going to manage our money. What does our budget look like? So Uh, I think that's really important to look at the strengths that you have and that your partner has and arrange uh, the work, the work balance, the business part Mm -hmm. of the home based on giftedness. Yeah, it's so funny because we always laugh. I mean, the pediatrician for the kids, he comes to our house. He's like a part of our family. He's great. Um, But we share that responsibility a little bit because I go mama mode when the kid gets sick and Eric goes, hey, Melissa, it's just a virus. We're going to be okay." You know, so he balances me out there. But it's very interesting because Eric has always done the dentist for our family, which is kind of like a non-stereotypical role. But um, it's really funny because we go to this older he goes the family goes to this older dentist that was a constant in Eric's life through his parents divorce. So Mm. he actually feels at home there. Wow. which is hilarious. His dad still goes, comes into town to go to the dentist, but it was something that didn't change when his parents got divorced. So it's something that's super special to him. So when he goes in with his six kids now, or I guess only five have gone to the dentist, he goes in and it's like, he's happy there and the kids are happy there and the energy's great. And they basically close the whole office for us at this point because there's so many people that we bring in. But, um, but it's funny, like that is something that he does. He also does the Walmart order he'll yep. go through and figure out what it needs and sometimes I want to scream because somehow as a man his entire life gets to stop to add that in there and I'm like <laughs> what are you doing where are you where have you gone and he's somewhere in the depths of the Walmart app and I'm like oh my gosh there are like five kids that are yelling for things right now but he's like knee deep in the Walmart app but I realize that he is doing something that's helpful it's just what size Clementine ba- bag of Clementines to order and like oh my gosh it gets a little a little nutty in there but yeah I mean I think it's true I mean there are things that you're always going to enjoy doing things I think that you're stronger at that you're that are I think easier so. for you and more yes um yeah I mean the joke in our family is that I don't even know how to use the washing machine um <laughs> prior to bringing somebody in to do our laundry um Eric did it for the most part but it was something that just didn't bring me joy yeah and you know, we're fortunate enough that we can cut here or there, yes. and, you know, have somebody who comes in and, yes. and does the that helps you us. with your laundry. Yes. It's and a it's big terrible, deal. But it's like it's one of those things that was just a constant struggle because if the laundry doesn't get done, then the kids and we have a couple kids with some sensory stuff and they're only there's only, you know, four shirts and four pairs of pants. Yeah. Wear, and yeah. it's just like, where are yeah. they? And yeah, getting them back to where they belong and stuff. But Um, I think that that's great. But I think what's very interesting about your list is that you can't know this one. So you can't know kind of the strengths part without asking for help a few times. Yes. And without being direct and asking for what you need. Because it starts to, the more you ask about what you need, it starts to sort itself out a bit um, because you're going to naturally gravitate towards the things that bring you joy. Absolutely. And that you're good at. Yeah. 
I don't know. Just my little takeaway. From Such your list. a good point. What's the next one? So this one is kind of connected with um, with that. It's accepting s- sincere eff- efforts without critique, <laughs> and and it's and it's looking at that Walmart app like, okay, so you're going to yeah. do this, but. And it's the same with our children when we're asking them and we're, so first part is teaching kids how to do something. So we have to teach them according to a standard. And then we have to be willing to accept those sincere Mm -hmm. efforts without critique. So that's, that's the thing too, with our, with our, with our adult partner, we might, um, it's kind of a different level than with yeah. the children. So with our adult partner, it really is that sincerity of effort has to be there. Yeah. And then again, maybe asking for what we need, but we have to be careful that we don't become a battering ram on something because what we can teach someone over time is they're not doing it the way we want it done. So mm-hmm. they don't want to do it at all. And yep. that can become a dangerous message over time that we can defeat and discourage our partner by not accepting their sincere efforts because we're constantly expressing to them that's not being done according to my standards. With children, there's more coaching involved, I think, on that. And I can remember, I mean, with, with our kids, my my goal from the time they were young was parenting toward independence. So we had our kids doing things at a very young age that many people would think, how could they be doing that? Doing their laundry at five years old, because awesome. it's not actually yeah. hard to throw your stuff in there, yeah. pour, and then push some buttons. But even making their own school lunch And I can remember my youngest child, Ethan, who is 17, made this cheese sandwich when he was in kindergarten. And it was literally a piece of bread and a cube of cheese I love because it. he didn't know how to slice it a, yeah. in a really nice way and lay it out so that it covered the whole piece of bread. Uh-huh. It was a cube of cheese in the center of his bread with squirts of mustard all over the top. <laughs> it looked disgusting, yeah. but he was so proud of it. And I thought, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. He is. This is a sincere effort that he has made yep. to make his own lunch. And I'm going to praise that effort. And there he has taken something that I could have worn packed on my 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 shoulders Mm -hmm. is I have to make all these lunches but that's not there is no expectation in this parenting bible somewhere Mm -hmm. that I have to pack lunches for kids until they are developing facial hair yeah they can actually learn to do that when they're young and so uh cleaning their rooms learning coaching Uh, coaching according to a standard, but then giving grace and space according to their ages and development that that is really good. Yeah. And appreciating those sincere efforts. That is something that I have learned um, just by happenstance of having so many kids. I mean, there's just not, there's no way that I can lead a life at this point that is Pinterest and or in no way, you know, Instagram worthy at all times. Um, But the same thing, like, you know, there there are mornings where it's a free for all breakfast or, hey, if you guys want lunch today, you need to make it like work together, work with an older sibling. We have a by age five, you know how to scramble eggs. You yes. know, so the same type of thing. Yes. But it's really interesting, too, as I've learned that I'm sure some people that are listening to this are way into kind of the trenches of carrying everything. And now they're going to try and pass some things off yes. to their partner and try and share. And it's really interesting because my husband's this is the first time he's 
really tried to get involved in the Christmas present purchasing. And the other day he said to me, he was like, so I think what we need to do. And I was like waiting for this super profound thing to come out of his mouth. And he was like, I think we really need to just go take everything we've bought and maybe spread it all out and make sure that everybody has the equal amount. Mm. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, um, welcome to my life for like the last, like <laughs> however many years we've been having kids. Like that is just like a mother's task. Like before, yes. before Christmas morning, you make sure that you didn't accident, especially with six kids, you didn't accidentally like over buy for two over yeah. buy for one. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. and he was just like, I really think that that's something we need to, we need to do. And I yeah. just kind of looked at him and I had a choice in that moment. I could have been like, dude, you stupid. Of course we're going to yeah. do that. You know, that's yeah. just something we do. I do every year and yep. da, 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 da. And we run out to target if we need to. Um, but in that moment, I really, truly celebrated him for like really caring yes. that he had spread his little love and his thought out and he made sure we hadn't forgotten anybody. Yes. And so we sat in that moment and I celebrated him and yes. I was like, oh, that's such a great idea. Yes. Or in my head, I was like, oh gosh, yeah, of yeah. course we have to do that. That's you know? huge. It's huge, yeah. Melissa, because I think you're right. In that moment, we can really we can really bring some, make someone feel small uh-huh. or we can elevate them with just a few words and it requires mm-hmm. no more or no less from us. Yep. to say a few words, but the impact of those words yeah. can be very powerful. Yeah. So I love that 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 recognition <laughs> that you had that moment, you took a beat yeah. and you thought, what do I want to say into this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's fun. You know, it's fun to watch kind of the relationship grow and yes. be able to share you know, yeah. some of the stuff with the other person. And I think that 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 growth it continues and continues and continues. And there are still things, rhythms that Don and I are working out and things that he's stepping into now that 10 years ago were causing me such angst and frustration Mm because I didn't necessarily see him doing things that I wished he would have at that time. But I also see he is still growing. Mm -hmm. I am still growing. And I'm so glad that I have um, had that kind of long term view of patience and growth and and going back to what kind of person do I want to be Mm -hmm. in this relationship as a mom, as a wife, I can respond out of the anger and the frustration and simmering resentments on all that. But I can also decide I'm going to be the kind of person that blesses my family, Mm -hmm. that speaks life into them. No matter what is happening, Mm -hmm. I can do all these things. I'm going to ask for what I need. I'm going to set boundaries. I'm going to... um, accept things that are sincere efforts. But I have to decide what kind of person I'm going to be, no matter what Mm -hmm. they are doing in response. And that's really important. Yeah. And I think it's really hard too, because just like our kids are going to behave differently inside of our house, because they're comfortable and they feel safe, we're going to respond differently in those relationships too with the people that we feel safe enough with. So I think sometimes we fall into these, no, I don't want to praise you for telling me that we're going to lay out all the Christmas presents because I've been doing that for the last 12 years. Exactly. So it's just such an interesting kind of take on this and reminder that those relationships, especially with our partners or whatever, are just as important as who we put out into the world. And, you know, a lot of this is coming today from, you know, you who are way past, you know, immediate postpartum world. Um, And I'm a little bit out of the trenches and stuff too. But some of this stuff is very, very hard to navigate in those first 
especially few years where your partner is still Mm -hmm. trying to connect with said child. And, you know, if you're holding the weight of it, especially for Mm -hmm. the first year, if you're feeding Mm -hmm. them and, you know, constantly raising them and you Mm -hmm. have probably a stronger connection, but it does come over time. It does come Um, over time. And as long as you invite them, I have found into the relationship and into the responsibilities. I mean, I remember when I went out for the first time and left my kids behind, my husband texted me about where the diapers were. And I'm like, have you not how been living? Not in, like, know? how do yeah. you not know? Like, yeah. have you not been living in yeah. this house? But then you step back and you realize that you just show up for every diaper change. Yeah. Or you know, you don't, you don't like walk away from the kid. You know, you just yeah. do it all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the way they do things is different. Yeah. And I, I can remember um, with our first uh, child with Will, I can remember the way my husband held him, mm-hmm. kind of almost like a football, yeah. like here, uh-huh. un- you know, under his arm. And I thought, I don't think you're supposed to hold a baby like that. But really, it didn't actually matter. Yeah. So I think those looking at and appreciating the differences, I, I think those early years, you are so right. We we form bonds before the baby even comes out. We feel yep. that baby moving, uh-huh. and we feel that connection. And men bond differently. Um, they bond a lot through activity, and until a child can really participate in an activity. It, sometimes it's harder for them to bond. I think that's that's you know generalizing too, mm-hmm. but I think we need to give we need to let time go by and really continue to believe mm-hmm. in our family, speak life into our family, have hope for our family, and a vision for a long term and a generational vision for my husband now. I, it's just it's a beautiful because I mean he literally looks like Santa. He has these blue eyes and this long white beard <laughs> and. I just think about the man he was and the dad he was in our when our children were, were really young. And if you think about the grandfather that he will be, and I'm so grateful that I've just hunkered down mm-hmm. in this journey together with him. Yeah. I don't know. It's so it's so nutty because I think that in those first few years it's so hard to do this list of things. It's so it's hard, so hard Lisa. because you don't want to slow down and because it Mm -mm. it starts to it it starts to almost drown you the weight that is on that are that's on your shoulders because you constantly feel it yeah you constantly feel the connection and am i enough and am i doing enough and then you have it coming from social media and you have it all over but really truly slowing down and asking for help and sharing it with your partner is i think the 100 percent the hardest part not getting caught in this mothering trap of perfection mm-hmm. like we've talked about before too it's a trap it's all super messy yeah. and beautiful and challenging and wonderful and impossible yeah and yet possible yeah it's nutty but it's great yes. it's beautiful yes um cool thanks for being here so it's my pleasure every time <laughs> you're I love just it. amazing i love it i love the <laughs> insights i love the perspective um you are such a gift so thank you thank you thanks melissa 